Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. Again, this is Pastor Eric Hubbard. And I want to thank you again for just walking with us as we go and study the Word of God. We'll continue our study today on um, Christ, our Restorer and Redeemer. And today we're going to move forward. Uh, we're going to start out our base scripture in Isaiah uh, 54. And we're going to journey on in seeing what God, not only what Christ has done for us, but the work that Christ wants to do through us. And so... Uh, before we get started, a couple of ways to reach us. Pastor Eric at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And through email at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. All right. So again, we'll start out today with our base scripture. And we're going to try to move a little faster. I've been, uh, I thought it would be a little further along. But I definitely want to go according to the Spirit and how God is moving us today. And... We're going to start out today again in Isaiah 54. We're going to start 54.1, 54.5, then we're going to move forward. So, again, our concentration today is going to be not only for what Christ has done for us, but what we can, how we can show him to the world. Because, again, I believe that all of us have an assignment. All of us have a purpose in God. Uh, we are called... Uh, in, in the New Testament, we're called priests and kings. And I believe that's in Peter. Well, we're just called uh, a royal priesthood. We are called the ecclesia, the called out ones. And we are called out to not just to do a work, but to be able to do a work, we must have fellowship and relationship with God. And what do I mean by that? You know, anytime we have relationship, that means that we are, uh, we get to know one another. We get to know, in other words, uh, you know, we say nowadays that uh, they, a person knows your business. And see, we shouldn't, you shouldn't bear yourself or you shouldn't bear everything to just anybody. In the Old Testament, uh, there was a place and we know it as the, uh, as the temple and as the, uh, the place of the Holy of Holies where only the priests went. And then there was the outer, uh, the outer court, the inner court, and then the Holy of Holies. The outer court uh, all could uh, come, you could see. Not all, but uh, the priest and the uh, the Levites, they serviced God there. And then you had an inner court. And then that, that, that was a separation there where the priest went and they, they, they did the washings and the, uh, those things. And then that was the Holy of Holies where only the high priest went at a certain time of the year. And, usually that, and that was the Day of Atonement. And I believe that's in the fall of the year, according to our calendar, according to the Julian or the uh, calendar of our day. But what I'm talking about is that there is a place within all of us. There is a holy of holies where you should uh, limit who knows everything there is to know about you. And many times we run, we, we run people off when the first thing when we meet them, you know, we just started talking and then you, you bear your whole soul. Everybody can't bear that. And only certain people should actually have knowledge of that. And when you do, then you open yourself up. When you open yourself up to anybody and everybody, then you open yourself up to receiving arrows and uh, jabs and, and shots being taken at you, when, which were unnecessary because you open yourself up to someone who wasn't ready to receive you. All right? So don't know where I got on that, but uh, here we are. So Isaiah 54 and 1. And I want to concentrate on this one first. Again, this first verse and fifth verse. He says, first, sing, O barren, thou that did not bear, 
And so what Isaiah first begins to say is rejoice. Get a song in your heart. He says, sing, make melody. That's what singing means. It, it could be a melody. It could be a hum. It, it could be a hymn, whatever the case may be. But he says, sing, O barren. In other words, you who are without. When you are barren, you are without. A barren land usually means no trees, no grass, little, very little water, dry. That's what we think of when something is barren. And when we think, um, and just, okay, if you can imagine with me, that when, when, when we are barren, and we should not be a New Testament believers, but when at times when even in our own selves, when, when we, you know, when life is pulling on you, you know, when we're constantly giving out, you can become barren. And you think about now in our day, we're looking out at the lakes out in the West um, that feeds water into California, and many of them are drying up. They're becoming a barren wasteland because there's so much demand that the land, the lakes are drying up because the supply is lessened. And see, when we are not having that personal relationship with God, that's when we become dry. That's when we become snippy. And, and you know, and sometimes we can get, you know, our words become sharp and, and not the gentleness and, the, and not seasoned where, as they could be if we would allow our inner ear, that spiritual man, to have precedence in our lives where we are not dominated just so much with everybody's problems. Uh, might I say this and uh, from experience, you are not Superman or Superwoman. There is only one Superman and his name is Jesus. And that super means he's above the natural. Yes, we are spiritual. We are more spiritual than we are physical. But what I'm talking about is, and when it comes to our relationship with God, God wants your faith. And yes, there will be times that when there are times and there are that God will ask us to do things. He always requires us to have faith. But there are times your faith is most tested when God says, let me do it. Let me do it. That's why he says in the scripture that unless Jesus said in the New Testament, unless you come as a little child, you won't have a part of it in heaven. Because that means if you, we come to him as a little child, that means we release the reins and say, Lord, you instruct me. Show me where to go. Lead me. Guide me, Lord. I'm willing to trust your decision. I'm willing to, I will, I will uh, hear your voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And a stranger, they will not follow. And if we as believers will hear him and not be our own lead, our only source, See, many, I've known pastors and many leaders that because they only hear themselves, they won't listen. Won't let no, one, no one is speaking into them. No one, there are no streams that are pouring into their lake. They're just giving out, giving out, giving out. And so you, you find that when you hear them, you say, oh man, they're still where they were 20 years ago. They're in the same spot because they're not hearing anyone. They're so busy, they can't hear God. It's not that God is not speaking. It's just that we can become hard-hearted when we don't allow him to speak into us and pour into us. Everybody needs somebody to pour into them. Preachers need to hear preachers. A good preacher makes good preachers. But that good preacher has to have people pouring into him. He or she has have, have to have the heart to say, you know, Lord, I need to feed. I need to rest. I need somebody pouring into me. And when you don't have that as a believer, no matter what your title may be, 
you become barren, you become dry, and you become that dusty land where nothing is growing. Your sheep can tell. Your sheep can tell. The people that hear you, they can tell. Because when you're not uh, uh, allowing God to feed into you, then the only thing we have to give them is of ourselves, which is our flesh. And in the flesh, there is no good thing. So Isaiah says in Isaiah 54 and 1, he says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. He said, Rejoice, because a better day is here. A better day is here. And what did he mean by, he, when he, be, he declared that better day, he says, uh, enlarge your tent, stretch forth your curtains, spare not, lengthen the cords, and, stay, and strengthen your stakes. He's saying, the better day is here. Prepare, for blessing is coming. Deliverance is coming. There's come a restoration of that which you had expectations for. And Isaiah is not only saying what you were looking for, he's saying, get a bigger view, get a bigger vision, get a bigger thought. Don't limit God. Do not limit God. If we go to uh, Psalm 78, the father said, he said, there's a reason. The, re they didn't, the reason why this, this group, the, uh, the first group that came out of uh, the first church that came out of, uh, out of Egypt, he said, they will not inherit the land. Why? Because they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited their expectation. They only they saw God do all of those mighty things. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt was still dominating them. What did they do when they got out of Egypt? They were going across. They got across the Red Sea. They were going through the land toward Canaan, and when they got to a hard place. We need some water. Moses, you brought us out here. We're going to starve to death. We need food. We, God gave them manna. We won't meet. God gave them quail. There came a time when they said, you know what? We're out. This, we, 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 Moses, we're going to demote you, and we're going back to Egypt. But I heard a preacher the other, other day that uh, and he was speaking, and you know, I didn't think about this. I said, but think about it. They needed a miracle to cross over the Red Sea. How are they were going to go? They needed a miracle to go back to bondage. Think about it. Needing a miracle to go back to bondage. You know that man that wants you. You know that woman. He's married. He's seemingly happily married. She's married. Happily married. Going on with their life. They're prospering. And so you're praying for their husband to die so you can bring them into bondage back with you. No, you get out of that old place, that old thinking, that old mindset, and know that God's got something better for you. You've been divorced for 5, 10, 15 years, and you still in that old testament mindset that, you know, that once you have a divorce and you get, uh, 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 get a divorce, that, you know, I'm bound to that man. Under the law, yes, you were. But under grace, no, God doesn't. God hates divorce. He hates uh, separation. He wants all families together. He, I believe that he wished about all things, that we would prosper and be in the health of our soul prosper. But you know what? We live in a fallen world. Men go left, meaning they forsake God and forsake their families and leave. Women go left. They forsake God and they forsake their, forsake their families and they leave. You are not under bondage to that person while they're living. You're in Christ, you're serving God, and you, but you're miserable because you under, got that mindset that, you know what, I've got to stay in this position for the rest of my life, 
and hope that he dies or their their wife dies so that you can go get a man who he doesn't he can't stand the very sight of you but you're praying either that he dies or his wife dies so that you can go back into bondage he mistreated you then what make you think he's going to treat you better now wake up church wake up the God of mercy and grace is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. He, he, he's got an answer for everything you have. But again, if you keep doing the same thing, you will continue to get the same results. So he says in Isaiah 54 and 5, he says, For thy maker, thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the Lord of the whole earth shall be called. He's our redeemer, our rescuer. He's the one that gets us out. He's the one as that in uh, in this same chapter in uh, in uh, fifty four and one he says, "Sing, worship him, praise him." Psalms thirty. I just love this verse. It says, "Psalms thirty as the, the psalmist began to talk about he was in uh, praying unto God in the tenth verse says, "Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper." He says, "Help me." Help me, Lord. I'm, I'm looking to you. And then he says in the 11th verse, Thou has turned from me my mourning into dancing. That's the same thing Isaiah was saying to the church. He says, Sing, O Baron. David is saying, You heard me, Lord. And you turned my mourning, my weeping, my, my prayers, Lord, the tears that I shed. I see that you are a faithful God. You turn my mourning. You turn a time of death and barrenness. When, when death comes, it's barren. There's an empty space. But Jesus is here to fill your empty space. He is here to give you what you... He's already provided. The Bible, Peter says that he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. The provision is here. That's why Isaiah said, sing, O barren. You who are without, God is here right now. He has your provision. Take it. Take it by faith. Trust him that he's already provided. He's already given you the joy that you have. If you're looking for a mate, let God complete you. You are not incomplete. You are not Oh, well, I'm looking for my better half. No, there is no half. God, a married man or a good man, rather, or a good woman, don't want a half a man or a half a woman. They want someone who's complete. And if you're a believer, you want someone that has a relationship with God already. I don't want to have to build you up. I didn't have to build, build Danielle up and, oh, I got the prayer up and oh, I hope she's got a prayer life. I hope she's uh, saved or some, some of you saved women who have a good husband. It doesn't mean that they are a perfect man or a perfect woman, but it means they have a relationship before they got married. Now, we know the scripture says the unbelieving husband is sanctified by a believing wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the believing husband. But you who are saved already, pray, trust God, put it in his hand. Don't be the desperate woman. Don't be the desperate man that you grab the first thing with two pants, with two legs. Don't grab them. Say, Father, you make it known. You will make it known to me. This person's for me, Lord. I'm not going to worry about it. 
I am not going to forsake you for them. So David says in 3011, thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth, sackcloth and girded me with gladness. David saw the end of it. When you see, when the Bible said, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. I believe that's Proverbs 10. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. He wants to make you abundantly full of joy. He wants to give you that joy. I mean, boy, you'll be full of glory. You have, the glory of God will flow out of you. Glory is not only just the presence of God, it's the blessing of God. It's the prosperity of God. That's what glory is. The glory of God is in you. Prosperity is in you. Waiting to come out, waiting to manifest itself in every part of your life. The manifestation of God's prosperity and God's glory on your life. He wants the world to see that you are a child of God. I'm promoting my daughter. I'm promoting my son. I want the world to see what a blessed, saved, God committed woman God committed man will, can look like in the workplace, will look like in the schoolhouse, will look like in the government house, will look like in the church house. So many, there are many churches that are, that are barren because word has died. But God wants you to be an example, not, not for you to change the pastor. No, God not sending you there to change him. Only God can change the church and the pastor. What God wants you to be, if he assigns you there, is to be a light. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify God. For they will surely say, surely the Lord is in this place and we knew it not. Because God is in you. God is in Christ. Christ is in you. He's in us. He's in me. And he wants us to walk before him. As David said here in the 30th, 30th chapter and 11th verse, He's turned my mourning into dancing. He's given me a celebration. When I was crying over death and I began to lift up my head, O ye gates, and lift your, uh, and be you lifted up your everlasting doors for the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? Who is he? The Lord God strong and mighty. Isaiah was speaking of an expectation. David is speaking of a manifestation. David said, I've seen him. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread because there was an expectation. David says, I've been young and I am old. He says, I've seen the changes in the seasons of life. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Yes, the righteous have been in trouble and will be. There will be times of trial in your life, trials, times of, te of testing. You will be tested. You will be tried. God's not trying to break, break you. We live in a fallen world. We live in an evil world. But we are the light of the world. The world is so dark that if you just got a little bitty light, you just got a, a, a match. When you're in pitch dark, darkness, if you got a light, everybody around you is going to come to you. You just may have a pen light, but they'll come to the light. They're drawn to the light. Let his light so shine in you.
He says, you have turned my mourning into dancing and has taken, put off my sackcloth. That's a time of mourning. That's what Isaiah was talking about. That was a time of mourning. Scripture said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. Give God praise when you are at your, uh, when you are coming out of mourning. Give the joy. Yes, there is a time of mourning. When the, in death, there is a time that we should mourn. But there also is a time that we must step out of mourning. Step out of brokenness. That heartbreak. And say, Father, I trust you to heal my heart. At the loss of this loved one. This could be a spouse. Could be a child. Could be your, 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 your parent. Could be a friend. There's a time for mourning. But there also is a time of, 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 of repair. Of restoration. And that's what, that's what the Lord is here for. Let's go over now to Isaiah 58. And this is Isaiah talking to uh, the church again. He's talking to them about a time of restoration. And 58 and 8, he said, then shall thy light. He was talking about the time of fasting. And he said, when the church came into order, our, now we are in order in our, in our inner man. Your spirit man in Christ is renewed. <coughs> uh, second, excuse me, second Corinthians 5.17 says, uh, that old man has passed away. Behold, all things are, become, are new. All things. This inner man, he's ready, he's ready for Christ right now. God's working on that soul. He's got to be enlightened. He's got to uh, uh, receive the knowledge and the wisdom of God. But this was Isaiah 58 says. He says, then your light shall break forth as the morning. Your health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. They were fasting and praying in the Old Testament. But here... When he talks about righteousness, we substitute Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory, will spring forth and men will see. And thou shalt call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and they shall say, here I am. That's what the Father is saying now. That's what Jesus is saying now. Here I am. I'm on the inside of you. You don't have to look to the heavens. Yes, we do as an act of uh, faith. But the Spirit of God is on the inside of us. He's on the inside. And that's why we should rejoice and give him glory. And as we continue on. As it goes on <clears throat> in, this, in this 58th verse, it says. And 11, 58 and 11 says, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought. And make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden, like a spring of water. <clears throat> whose waters fail not. What is Isaiah saying? I'm seeing a time of restoration. I'm seeing a time when a people goes forth and the world sees them. Where the body of Christ is no longer barren. Because we all have uh, spots of, 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 of place that needs to be watered within us. Yes, you may be increasing in other parts. And no, we're never without Christ. We're never without the Holy Spirit. But as you live on in, the, in Christ, you will see there are some places where we are, we are barren. As we become into knowledge of it and we apply grace to it. Jesus said, uh, my strength is made perfect in thy weakness. He was talking to Paul. And Paul, remember, over in Paul, I believe it's uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 
um, 8 and 9, where Paul began to talk about the thorn in the flesh. And Jesus told him, he said, I besought the Lord three times. He said, this thing is, 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 is tormenting me, this messenger of Satan. But Jesus said, my strength is made perfect in thy weakness. I'm here with you in this place where you see barrenness, this place where you are maybe weak and thinking that, Lord, where are you? Jesus, I'm right here. Lean on me. As we said in the earlier teachings about coming as a little child and saying, Daddy, help. Jesus, help. Let him take you to that place of flourishing, even where you are weak. Jesus is saying, I will, if you will, my strength is made perfect in our weakness. Lean on him. Lean in on him. I said, Jesus, I'm riding with you. Where you lead me, I'll follow. Where you guide me, I will go. I receive your faith. I receive healing in this place. I receive restoration. I receive, Lord, wholeness and fullness and health in this area of my life. That you will get the glory. That you will get the glory. That's what God is looking for. There are many people who are in need, but very few. As the ten lepers, you know the story. <clears throat> when the ten lepers came, they were calling out to him, Jesus, our son of David. They called on him to, 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 uh, because they were lepers. They were out that they were barren of health. They were broken. They were separated from their families. They were separated from loved ones and friends and associates. Well, if they had a profession or whatever it was, if you were a leper, you were an outcast. You had to get out. You even had to announce your sickness. I'm a leper as, as you pass through. Because if you got too close, they would stone you to death if you came in amongst the people and did not announce who you were. If you didn't announce your disease, your brokenness, your barrenness, because they lacked healing. But Jesus told them what? Go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible said, as they went, they were healed. But the Bible said one man did something that the others didn't do. He recognized his healing. He went back to Jesus and Jesus restored him. Restoration means I restore you better than you were before. And he restored all of his health. If he was missing a finger, if he was missing a nose, if he was missing an ear, whether there was blotches or whatever on his skin, whether well, there were blotches on his skin, but whatever in his skin missing, anything, the lip could have been gone, whatever. He was made whole. Everything was restored. This is what Jesus is able to do for body, soul, and spirit. He's done it for your uh, spiritual man. He's doing it for your soul. He can do it for your outside man too. He can heal you and restore you if only you believe. What a blessing and a blessed Savior that we serve. Our awesome Savior, our awesome Lord. Awesome. Let's go on down as we, as we finish for the morning in Isaiah 60. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. The restorer, again, Isaiah is talking about restoration. If we would receive what's already in you, in me, in us, 
He said, the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The very spirit of God wants to manifest itself to the earth. A revival is already here. A revival. You can have your own personal revival, your own restoration. Saying, Lord, restore unto me, Lord, that which I've allowed to seep out of my hands, out of my, out of, uh, out of my spirit, and out of my personal life. Those relationships that are broken, Lord. Even our relationship, where I've ceased to pray, where I haven't read your word, where I haven't, Lord, I declare and decree that I am, as uh, Proverbs 28 and 1 says, I am bold as a lion. I speak your word because your word is true and your word is good. He says, in that second verse, he says, he said, darkness covers the earth, growth darkness to people. Think about where we are in this nation, in this world. Wars and rumors of wars. Roars over there in uh, Ukraine. Threats against China now. Well, we know if there's a war between the U.S. and, and uh, China, the devastation that could be in Taiwan, in the United States, in China, the darkness that the enemy desires to bring upon the earth. But we as a people of God can speak the word, can be a light wherever we are. He says, the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles, the world shall see, shall come to your light and the king to the brightness of thy rising. God wants to elevate his church so the world will see this is the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. The church where now the church is looked up, down upon and belittled. And many, have been, many of us have been called fools for following Christ. You're stupid. Y'all just, you can't do nothing else. You might as well go to the church. But great is the Lord. Great is the God that we serve. And he wants the, the glory. He wants, God desires to move through any and every one of us. What he wants is the praise and glory to only come to him. But by the grace of God, there go I. I don't care how, how bad what you see around you. If it were not for Christ, you could be in the same devastated position. But the light of God has shined upon us. And he says in the fourth verse, Lift up thy eye around me, around about thee, and see. All that they gather themselves together, they come to see to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. God is bringing in a multitude of people. He's bringing in people into his house. Into his house. Into relationship with him. And to churches who open their hearts up to receive people and to uh, give the message of grace to them. That Christ, the hope of glory, desires that you come, you be in relationship with him. And that we as believers receive them right where they are. Teach them who he is. Teach them what he says so that they can have a relationship, so that they can grow. They're not going to come in as full grown Christians, but they're going to come in. But many of them are going to outrun us. Because these are the last days. These are the times that we must get ourselves ready for Jesus is coming. Great grace is being bestowed upon the world. Great grace is being shown all over the world where people are recognizing Jesus is the only hope for us. There is a revival and it's happening right now. Come, believers. Come, unbeliever. Come and let him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above 
all that you could ask or think. Father, we thank you for this time with you, time in your word. We pray for those who hear us. At your word, O oh God, has not gone and shall not return unto you void. We thank you, Lord, that those who are not in relationship with you, if they hear this word and they would pray this simple prayer of Jesus, help me. I recognize you as Lord and as Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Receive me, Lord, as I offer myself to you. Guide me to a place that I may learn more. For I desire not only to that I receive you, but I receive your Holy Spirit. And for my sisters and brothers, God, who are in you, I pray that there will be a fire be lit within them, a fire, Lord God, to seek after you and that calling that they've allowed to lie dormant. As Paul said, stir up the gift that is within them, that they stir up the gift that's within them, Lord, and that they will come to you for uh, guidance and for leading and for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives that men will see you in us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Till we meet again on Journeys in Grace, be blessed.